Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Show. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many eclectic subjects, and she loves it that way. Each week, she'll bring you episodes and stories on how you can navigate those multiple passions while managing your mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in your life as a whole. So here's Carol. Yes, Carol is here, but so is the amazing Camille Cower. She leads a very busy life as an actor, lifestyle model, and motivational speaker, just to name a few, and is also the host of her award-winning show, The E-Spot with Camille. And I heard her on Alicia's That's My Irony show, like last week, and I thought, whoa, hearing about your family, I'm like, that is the quintessential, multi-passionate, artistic family, and I need to reach out to her. So I did, and here we are. <laughs> So to give you a bit more about Camille, she grew up in a film family and her father is an award-winning unit production manage- manager and her mom is a noted artist and retired stuntwoman. That's impressive. I, that's so impressive. <laughs> yeah, both parents still actually work in the film industry and as an actor herself, Camille needed a way to stay connected with her film community. So in, I'm guessing March of 2020 when everything hit, you, you put it together, yeah? <laughs> A little bit. It's well, thanks for having me on first yeah. off. And I'm so glad that you were able to hear my interview with Alicia. I had so much fun with her as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I guess to go back a minute, I was already on a radio show doing the e-spot on there. It was a segment. So it was just once a week on Thursdays, I would come into the radio station, which was a predominantly a sports talk radio show. <laughs> so I was the one day a week entertainment girl. I'd come in, interview the different comedians that might be coming through performing that weekend and um, different performers. Or if we didn't have anyone coming through, then I would book my own different celebrities to interview and give the top events to do that weekend that I was going to or that I suggested people would go to in the um, in the Triangle area, which is Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill area of North Carolina. So it's been a lot of fun. Of course, with the pandemic, nobody really needed to know about all those fun events to go to. And there was a lot more events going on virtually. So I figured I was getting all these phone calls from publicists about if I knew any podcasts or knew any other places because all the in-studio interviews were being canceled and their clients still had projects coming out and needed to promote it. And I was like, well, I could be a podcast. I had worked on other podcasts before. Well, I'd worked on other, I guess, web series Mm -hmm. would be the best way to describe it before and had used a platform called BeLive, which is very similar to Zoom, but it doesn't give you the the option of audience. And um, I could stream directly through social media. So I started off as that. And then later during the summer, I ventured into podcasting in that way because I was like, you know, why don't I just see what happens if I start making it audio only as well? And so I'm doing a little bit of both. I'm having fun. Yeah, I know. And I saw that you were doing it like daily and I'm like, girl, (laughs) and I know, I know just from listening to, I know you have a family and that kind of thing. So you're wearing all the hats or lots of hats, at least from my impression. And I do not suggest that. Um, So (laughs) just to go back to doing it every day, I I don't suggest that because I am a solopreneur. Everything I do myself from marketing, promoting, editing, podcasting, streaming, like obviously that's everything, but it's just in case some people who are listening don't know all the elements that go into podcasting, it's a lot of work. 
and it's 24 seven to some extent because <laughs> you're also booking the guests and all of that. So five days a week, I do not suggest because the, it took so much time away from my family. I love doing it, but it just, it was hard to balance. And as a mom and my daughter also going through virtual academy, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it all. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And there were so many issues, even on the technology side, because so many people started streaming as well. So then there would be broadcast issues or the internet wasn't working properly. So there was like all these other like perfect storm things that were happening that I felt like I needed to take some time back and just figure out all the problems and work those kinks out and slowly um, find a different way to do this. Because at first it was just like, ah, I'll just do this from home while the pandemic, it'll just be a couple of months. And then it was like, wait. <laughs> so this summer I got up to 120 um, interviews. Girl. <laughs> and that's when I stopped. <laughs> and I took a break because I was like, okay, I need to like live life and really see what this pandemic means for me because I had been just talking and interviewing other people, not really living in the pandemic myself, so to speak, like just kind of letting all the news kind of tell me what was going on outside. Yeah. So I needed to live life again and I needed to spend time with my daughter and just my husband and everything. So I took the time off and um, I got some upgrades, upgraded my internet, <laughs> went to um, shout out to Fiber World. So then I was um, upgraded some of my equipment, computers, different things, and decided to revamp it. I didn't want to cancel altogether podcasting because for a while there, I thought maybe I would. And I started podcasting with other women with the Grateful Goddesses podcast and so on and doing other things. But then I felt like I still wasn't able to control the narrative. So I needed to be back and do it myself too. Cause then I could decide who I spoke with and um, Grateful Goddesses is a wonderful podcast, but it's really about tapping into your inner best self and trying to learn different ways to show up as your best version nothing to do with entertainment. <laughs> so I still needed something that dealt with that part of my work brain so I could stay in the element, stay fresh. And, um, but then at the same time, the Grateful Goddesses feeds the, my previous day job career of being an esthetician and working in spas and just really empowering people from back then. It would be from the skin deep in that way, a very superficial way of encouraging confidence and so on. Now it's going a little bit deeper with dealing with soulful conversations, but we still talk about skincare and all the other mm -hmm. stuff as well. So it's nice to have that, be able to still reach back into my fun, goody aesthetics bag every once yeah. in a while and talk shop. So, and to talk to women and empower each other. Yeah. And it nice. looks like you're doing a lot of things that feed your soul and mm -hmm. you've got the wherewithal to know it's like right well this was fun until it wasn't <laughs> that, yeah. kind of well it's like and then there's times when life decides things for you so I loved being um so like you were saying earlier how about my family being in the fa um, film industry at first I didn't want to be in the film industry like my family because I wanted I went to 26 different schools. I moved around almost every six months of my life. Even my senior year of high school, I didn't go to prom because I moved twice during my school year, <laughs> my senior year even. So it's like, I wanted normalcy. I wanted to know what it was like to live in 
work in the same town for more than a year, like just see what normal people lived a little bit and not have to always worry about that next job. Where am I going to go? Where's my next job? Where's my next job? And so um, I went to college, I, um, I went to college and got a sociology degree. And then after school, I went to aesthetic school. And while I was in aesthetic school, I was working at the Mac counter to kind of pay my way. And um, so Monday through Friday, I was in school. And on the weekends, I was working at the Mac counter. And just loved it. But then I got carpal tunnel. After working 10 years spa director, um, I, I had celebrity client. Uh, well, I moved to LA, back to LA. And um, I had celebrity clients. I worked at some of the top spas in West Hollywood, as well as Century City, California. I worked at million dollar spas. Like, you know, like we were making million dollars every weekend, you know, like really money making. I had 80 employees. It was, I was living the life oh, wow. <laughs> pretty much, uh, you know, my, um, my, I worked doing that. My dad was a movie producer in LA. So then we would just hang out. I was still going to do a lot of the fun things of entertainment life where I, um, if I had time off, I would do commercials here and there with some of my friends and when they needed um, people or, so I still got to fill that void with the mm-hmm. entertainment side, or I'd go hang out with my dad and be his assistant on different films and so on. Just, you know, father, daughter time, even with that. That's awesome. So, and then yeah so that kind of and then you got yeah mm-hmm. then I I think I heard in, in the interview to how you were working at the makeup counter and somebody said you should be a model and you thought maybe it was a pickup line but he was serious <laughs> well like because I had tried like when I my parents were in the film industry I wanted to model too like I just felt I'd look through the magazines and mm-hmm. I like to change their makeup and clothes and just felt like they were so elegant and um, being someone that was picked on for the way I looked, I just wanted to, you know, you're like, well, look at me now, you know, you want that little show, I'll show them, I'll become a model, I'll do that, you know, so, and I got picked on for the way I dress, because I loved wearing sneakers with dresses, and whatever, I thought if Punky can do it, why can't I, no, well, I found out very quickly, you shouldn't do that at homecoming, so, uh. Yes, yeah, I get whoops. that. Yeah, I get <laughs> that whole when I was young and got I got bullied a lot. So there's a, mm-hmm. my come from is like please, you know, be kind, be kind, be mm-hmm. kind. You have no idea what people are going through. Um, so easy to be kind, and it doesn't cost a thing. Nope. <laughs> yeah, nope. or just so, to breathe. Maybe yeah. the anger you're feeling, just breathe. Exactly, because maybe it's you and not them. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. There's times when I, I hear somebody say something and then I'm like, I breathe, rethink it through. I'm like, that actually, it, I'm, I'm getting hit by something because I know my sensitivity level, but they're not aiming for me. So like, sometimes we want to be the victim mm-hmm. when they're not even aiming for us. So it's like, wait, take a breath. The, the intent wasn't there. The pain wasn't there. Don't, yeah. there's no point in causing the stress or the extra blood pressure for no exactly. reason, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's, and especially as an empath, I wonder, mm-hmm. I always often like, is that mine? Or right. Right. <laughs> like you said, take a breath. And it mm-hmm. takes a lot of, for me, it took a lot of practice because I didn't know how to discern between my energy and their energy. And mm-hmm. it could put me in a spiral. So it, it's good that you had that discernment right away and turned it around. It, yeah. It takes time. Yeah. You know? I For mean, sure. impulse control takes time to build because you find out the hard way sometimes to learn those lessons and realize, oh, you know what? 
I have been real fast a lot of times. Let me slow down. Yeah. Just to make sure. Yeah. And with your, right, with your schedule now, is there, is there a mindful practice that you start with? Maybe because you mentioned the, the, was the grateful goddesses. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of spiritual components to that. Yeah. Um, Well, like we do different classes or not classes. We do different interviews with different types of women and men who just encourage you to find how you can deal with different issues, whether it's within yourself or society. So like this past week, we had um, a woman that was dealing with child brides. So it's not necessarily meditation, but you're learning about other women, what they're going through, how we can help them, because we donated to um, sponsor two of the um, brides so they don't have to become, well, they were already a bride, but their husbands had passed because they were much older. And so it's to help them to be able to go through school and all of that, Mm -hmm. because we were so unaware that in Zimbabwe, after like elementary school is pretty much free, but then middle school, you have to pay. And then high school, you have to pay. And it's like a hundred dollars a semester, basically for high school, as opposed to middle school might be a couple of dollars or so on. So a lot of times they won't even pay for their daughters because they're just going to go to another family anyway. So it's an investment. They don't feel they'll get their return on type of thing. And so it's just even being aware of cultural things that maybe other other women are having to fight against it just makes you more aware of the fact like wait let me not start all these fires with things because you know there you don't know what other people are coming from what they're dealing with what they've just experienced because um, when she was sharing that story I was just thinking about wow what a difference it is to for her father he um, grandfather he was 75 and he married a 12 year old wow and it was like everyday normal in that country and just to think here if something like that happened it's usually a scenario of trafficking or um, drug debt being paid off you know like it happens here but it's not something so openly welcomed and yeah accepted but the misogyny is misogyny you know so it's just like realizing how much strength we have as women if we really try to encourage each other and be there for each other and taking that breath and grace for one another, like make that room because so many of our sisters are fighting fights that we don't even know about, that aren't even in our realm are like, we can't even think about it. Cause yeah, I mean, I can't imagine I have a 12 year old daughter. I can't imagine like I have to remind her to do way too much. Like she's taking care of a grown man. No, 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 no. That's wow. Yeah. Scary. It really is. And you have the, because I know that you've lived in a lot of countries, so you've right. got a filter than I, most you know, people abroad would think, oh, ugly Americans are so, so absorbed, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you, know? you come back and you're like, mm, how are they, how, how's their paradigm versus paradigms around the world? So you- Yeah. Well, because I, um, I did move to America as a teenager. And so I came from the idea of a, like, looking at America as this great big dream is what I meant to say. (laughs) The American dream, I guess, where you just had this great ideal of everybody had big homes and land and horses and cows, like, because there was TV shows, because we would get old reruns sent to us. So, like, I grew up watching Dallas and Dynasty. And so I had this vision of America was just 
bigger than everything and everything was beautiful and people got along and the shows I watched there, it was very multicultural too, like the A-team and so on. So I just assumed coming here, it would be like that. And I think a lot of things people who are civilians don't always know is that on military bases, it's like everybody's in there together. You guys all go to the same church. You all go to the same grocery store. You all go to the same barbershop. Like there isn't a black and a white and an Asian, like everybody has the same church. There's of course, within that barbershop, there may be different color races, but you don't have, you don't have that many options. <laughs> like yeah. You just got to go with what you get. Cause, and we never lived on base, but that's where we would go to work and go to school and different things. Um, and so on. So it was like, it was interesting just to see, to go from what I thought America would be mm-hmm. based on what the base life was like, and then to come here and see it's so segregated and even just not so much of like, I felt like a, American pride was stronger over there because we were in another country. So we were all like, oh, we're all together. We're all mm-hmm. Americans, you know, go America. Like, Whenever there was a World Cup or anything, we were all the same team or all together. And and just everything is so divided, North versus South or East and West and Black and White. Like, it's just like, and like all the different things. Like, it's just, I was, and then I felt also moving to the South, there was like a slave mentality with things too, where you had to get permission to be yourself almost like yes ma'am no ma'am like I only heard of people speaking like that if you were talking to an officer or someone of power so to see people like see that dichotomy or even see the disrespect between ages where I would see people refer to older black women or men as boy and girl you know and it was just it was just like I would see and hear all these things where in Europe there is just like there's no way you would do that and so in America it was just so like they just seemed like there were so many icky things that were built into America. Now I know it's white supremacy or whatever, but right. I felt like always like, why is, what's, why is this so off? Like what, yeah. what's the difference? Cause I mean, we were the minority there too. Like we mm-hmm. were the only black family in our neighborhood everywhere we lived and to go from Europe and America, like we're speaking the same language, at least, you know, we're both the same country, technically, like you can't tell me to go back to my land, but you're telling me that, <laughs> like, it was just so weird. And, um, yeah. And overseas, like nobody says Nazis, well, at least at my age, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so like for that to be the kinds of nicknames and bullies I would get, they would call me the N word and Nazi with it because I had a strong German accent. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, like it was a lot to take in. Yeah. That was very confusing at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so it just like kind of fueled me also to want right. to live that dream I saw in entertainment and be mm-hmm. that person where I wasn't being tre- mistreated or talked badly. Like I wanted to show only that kind of girl whenever I worked in film as well. Like I, I didn't do the video. I mean, I did some pop music videos, but I never did the rap videos or, you know, like certain things. I just was like, you know, there's girls that are willing to do it. Let them do that. And yeah. let me try to just keep a certain level of standard that would be like my grandparents would be proud of me, <laughs> you know, because they also worked in the entertainment industry as well. And um, my great grandmother, she traveled with um, USO and um, entertained the colored troops and so on so it's like it's a generational thing to do this so it's like when you have that in your 
DNA, you kind of want to make sure that you doing it the best level you can Yes, that's for right. your family. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I so go. yeah, I know that we're short on time because I know you have an appointment soon, but no, are, are there any other challenges and triumphs you'd like to share with the listening audience as somebody who does a lot of things? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would, there's this analogy that I love that I think is so important to use as a way to kind of um, maybe manifest, but also just decide what's important in your life, who, where to focus your energy. And it's about juggling these different balls. Some are made of glass, some are made of rubber. Some of the glass balls, if they break, they're shattered, you're done. Like if you miss your daughter's graduation or something very important, you missed a deadline that was a million dollars or something, I don't know, something really huge. You don't want to drop those, but maybe you weren't able to help your daughter with a test or maybe you didn't reply to an email immediately. Like those are rubber balls. You can move them around. You can re you can adjust them. So just trying to figure out prioritizing those important things and really knowing, like having that support, even with your family where they know as well and your people around you kind of know, so they understand your boundaries and don't get offended by those limits. And um, I don't necessarily have business hours, but in my head, I do <laughs> that if, if it comes after a certain time, I can reply the next day. Like, it's okay. Exactly. There's, it's, it's like Grand Central Station. There'll always be another train coming. Absolutely. So just wait it out. It's not meant for you if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good Sometimes, philosophy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's super, super cool that I was able to catch him. Like, I know this girl is busy. Let me see if I can squeeze her in. <laughs> it's because I don't know how to say no sometimes like I'm starting I'm like okay I don't have to say yes to everything yeah a lot of times when it's something women focused or it's going to encourage people I can't I'm I'm there count me in I love helping um others because it helps me too Mm -hmm. so it's it's a win-win for me because I get sick of all the sales pitches and the very self-serving people. So I try to make a point of like sticking with a certain group where I don't mind doing things for them because they do, you know, it's a, it's reciprocal. It's, it's, you know, in the film industry, a lot of times people will kind of network, I guess, laterally, because then you have people that will always look out for you on other film jobs. And that's the way I, I've always kind of operated too, where I just, I like having a lot of group of people in my life that mm-hmm. are encouraging and we right. can encourage each other. And if they're in an opportunity and they hear something that oh, I would be perfect for, they send it to me. Nice. And vice versa. You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of people I keep around me. Amen. So when I'm here around people who are very self-serving or pitch serving or just only yeah. thinking of themselves and everything's a dollar and da, da, da. It, it, it burns me out, turns me off. Cause I know that it's inevitable that they're going to start pitching me. Right. Every conversation. No. <laughs> Cause I've been there. Friendships will. Win. I hear I you. you. So, yeah. So I know that I'm going to let you go, but I definitely, I'll put this all in the show notes, but if you'd like to just shout out where people can find your show just as they're listening, but I will also put all of that in the show notes. And if there's any parting last words, I'd love for you to share them. And then I will send you to your next appointment. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. 
I scheduled something else. So you can reach me at the real Camille Cower on Instagram as well as Facebook. And then Twitter, I'm CK on air one. And I'm on Clubhouse as Camille Cower. You can go to my website, CamilleCower.com and find all the links there to connect with me and watch my show. It's on YouTube, um, everywhere podcasts can be downloaded. Just look for Camille Cower. Starts with a K and right. have a fun little hour. Nice, nice. Well, it's been wonderful getting to know you a bit. Hopefully I'll be able to bring you back and we can have a longer conversation at some point. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I would yes. love to come back. All right. Sounds good. Well, you take care and thank you for hanging out with me for this, for this moment. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's my right. pleasure. Thank you. All I right. hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time. <laughs>